Welcome to another edition of Market Impact Insights, your podcast source for business leadership perspectives to help your business grow. Hear from experts in marketing, sales, business strategy, and more with practical advice for business success. Make sure you won't miss the latest episodes by visiting marketimpactnow.com. Now, here's your host, Dan Albaum. Welcome back, everyone, to another amazing episode of Market Impact Insights. You know, for the past 10 to 15 years, business-to-business marketers have been evolving from taking a very broad, more generic view of the market to a much more highly targeted view to get more sustainable results and to achieve greater competitive advantage. And a big driver behind that is the rise of account-based marketing. This is something We've talked about on this show going back a few years, and I'm excited to have back Marlo Fenny, who is a account-based marketing expert from FireEye. FireEye is a global leader in cybersecurity, and it's been involved in the detection and prevention of major cyber attacks. It also provides hardware, software, and services to investigate those attacks, protect against malicious software, and to really help analyze IT security risks. So Marlo operates in a world of high relevance right now. Uh, I don't think you can go anywhere without seeing some sort of incident uh, and the awareness level for protection has never been greater. And so that's the perfect learning environment around the positive impacts of account-based marketing. Now, account-based marketing, what is it? Just a refresher. It's a focused approach to B2B marketing where marketing and sales teams work together to target the best fit accounts and turn them into customers. So in this age when we have so much availability of data and marketing information, marketers are always struggling to get the attention of the best potential customers. And because of this, companies that want to focus on the highest possible ROI need to turn their attention to the highest value accounts and maintain and grow account penetration, marketing penetration, and all the logos that are in their pipeline for consideration. So to reach those kind of goals, marketing teams are looking for strategies that meld the expertise of sales and marketing to locate, engage with, and close deals with high value accounts that matter the most. So that's what ABM is all about. ABM is growing in popularity. I was looking at some uh, stats, and in 2020, 91% of companies that had 1,000 or more employees have either deployed a full ABM program, were running an ABM pilot, or were planning to get started in the next six months. And in another recent survey by Altera Group, 97% of marketers achieved higher ROI with ABM than with any other marketing initiatives. So this is having an impact. Marlo brings years of experience in proven ABM success. And I can't wait to talk with him about what goes into an effective ABM strategy. What are the key learnings and implications for marketers and sales teams to work better together? Marlo, welcome back to Market Impact Insights. Dan, it's so fun to be here. And thank you for the great intro. Um, Just a a pure pleasure. Uh, And everything you said about ABM is uh, absolutely spot on. So I'll add a couple of uh, little tidbits to that. First off, um, 
ABM, of course, as you already told, is a strategic way to go engage sales and marketing together to, to win accounts. It's strategic also in that it looks at lots of different types of metrics like revenue, reputation, and retention, not just the usual sort of marketing KPIs. And that really kind of brings that shared goal together um, at the highest levels within uh, the companies that are doing this so that we can really win together and, and not just have it be, you know, one side or the other. It really becomes a team sport, uh, which is really important to making the whole thing work because there's a quantitative and a qualitative component to this where the marketing folks bring a lot of insights and data to um, who the right targets are, how they're engaging, what's going on in those accounts, all the signaling and digital inputs that are happening. The qualitative that's happening is often obviously brought by the salespeople, but there's also a lot of interpretation that goes along. And that's where um, those things get you know sort of mashed up in a way that really provides a new set of possibilities for engaging customers in new ways. And it's, it's really, really rewarding and fun to, uh, to do that. Um, and also, of course, it's hard work and it requires a very specific mentality. So um, it's, it's really a new way to link all those things together, engage customers in new ways that are much more customer centric and, and do it in a way that really brings the best of sales and marketing together. Yeah, and as a visible champion for ABM, and you've been a catalyst for a new way of thinking inside of a couple different organizations, for those of us that don't live and breathe ABM every single day, we've given a general description, but can you give a little bit more of an explanation of what are those critical components that go into account-based marketing? Sure. So I think that one of the key things, there's really three different vectors that I look at it. Um, around personalization, scale, and now just more recently, agility. And the whole point there is that everything from an ABM perspective requires either a, a high or a low level, depending on how you're doing it, of personalization. So whether that's one-to-one, um, you know, with just one account where there's a whole lot of insights that you're bringing to the table to go when you know C-level executive engagements or whatever they look like, that, that's one way to do it. One to few is a little bit more dispersed, but still really focused on a couple of key accounts and, and really unique attributes about each one of those that are going to be more relevant, more differentiated to you as a, let's say, technology vendor than you know what your competitors might be doing. So it's a really different way to go engage customers that's much more customer centric. And then when you get to the one to many, it starts to become a little bit more like, you know, some of the other forms of marketing, but it's still somewhat personalized and still highly sort of customer and relevant in a way that a lot of traditional marketing is not, which is kind of where the fun begins because you have to stop and take a deep breath. And I won't say forget everything you know about marketing, but think about marketing in a very different way and really collect all the inputs from the sales teams about what's going on with those accounts, all the digital footprints that you can get, um, and a whole bunch of other factors that really come through a really disciplined process and structured process for arriving at new ways to differentiate, differentiate your value to those customers, engage them in new ways, and, and do so in a very personalized fashion. So scale personalization and agility the scale obviously is how many resources and how 
well equipped are you with your tools, technologies, processes to engage more accounts. And then agility is really a new concept that I'm trying to bring to the table and really create some breakthroughs with the ABM community around you can not only do things highly personalized and highly scaled, but you can also look at an agility factor that says the world is changing digitally much more quickly than it ever did before. And cybersecurity is just one example, but anything we can do to speed up and really keep either current or even ideally ahead of um, some of the topics that are most relevant to our customers, the more value that we're going to bring, the more differentiated we're going to be uh, with those customers and the more probability we are going to have of winning long-term reputation value, you know, obviously revenue as well, but retention of those customers all in that one, you, uh-huh. you know, process. Yeah. Yeah. So you've spoken a bit about personalization. So Marlo, we're going to get a bit more personal in our conversation. And I'd like to uh, explore a little bit the transformative effect that ABM has had on your own journey as a professional marketer. You and I have been marketers for a long time. And obviously this is like one big milestone as part of your growth. How have you grown and been challenged through your experience to ABM? Are there skills and a mindset that ABM leaders need to really thrive and that you've brought into your role? Yeah, it's um, it, it's a uh, really fun and challenging environment all at the same time. And, and uh, you definitely have to have a, a certain perspective. And it's really that optimal sort of mix of, of, like I was saying before, qualitative and quantitative, but I'll go a little bit deeper. So personalization requires a really unique set of looking closely at a situation for the context of what the customer's biggest challenges are, for example, what the specific capabilities are as a company, whether that's us as FireEye or you know previously as Cisco or anybody else out there, what the unique differentiation is there and how to really take that and, and craft it and hone it into something that is much more relevant to the customer based on the specific challenges that they're going through. So there's, you know, the old sort of crossing the chasm approach that was talking about, you know, kind of how you market to a certain group of customers based on their technology adoption. And that's certainly one interesting way to look at it. But what we're talking about is an audience of one, effectively, if you're really doing great at it, where you're looking at specific drivers, specific context of individual people. And of course, it's often done at you know, the C-level um, within organizations, but those are sort of the hardest uh, you know, barriers of entry you know, to, to overcome. But it's also done throughout all the different levels of organizations. And so from a personal perspective, I got into it more than 10 years ago, probably 12 years ago or so, just looking at there's got to be a better way to start engaging people that makes them lean in because it's about them instead of just the typical, um, you know, I hate to say it, but spray and pray marketing that a lot of folks do. And the challenge with the traditional approach is that, you know, certainly the more digital dollars you spend theoretically, you know, the better you'll do. But that theory breaks down really quickly in a digital world where, you know, it's just so noisy that nothing gets through. 
And so this is all about taking your signal to noise ratio and really amping it up a whole lot by really driving particularly into what's going to resonate with that specific person or customer or group of people within that customer that have the same challenge that they're trying to overcome. And then you get into, you know, how you go about discerning that and what that looks like. But you can take that and start to connect dots between those individual customers, other people that are in the similar situation that have similar challenges that also need to solve a similar problem. But you've got to be careful not to, as soon as you start to scale that, start to dilute the value because that that value really happens when there's really specific things that you can offer to a particular individual or customer that you understand uniquely because you've done the research to understand their problems. And I would, you know, certainly advocate the listening that's going to make that possible. So that comes from a unique combination of the qualitative, what are all the, you know, attributes digitally and, and uh, technology wise and, and everything else you can imagine that are relevant to that customer along with, you know, what are the situational challenges? Who do they work for? What are the specific inflection points that are happening in that particular industry, whether it's healthcare or finance or whatever? And then how do you get that down to the individual level to what their departmental dynamics are or you know, what their specific customer challenges are as well? Yeah, it seems as part of the the mindset that relevancy, you, you talked about that, how critical that is and more unrelevant content is not necessarily better, right? Just as we always say, spending more uh, in that highly crowded digital space is not necessarily a panacea, right? For success, it's all about the relativity of of what you're talking about and how you connect with that audience. Absolutely. We find 20 to 25 times higher response rates on just a pure dollar basis from an ABM perspective, which informs that stat that you opened up the podcast with about, you know, 90% of companies are getting more value out of our and ROI out of ABM than other marketing, you know, processes, because you're able to really, you know, generate that signal to noise ratio, if you will, that that precise targeting and that precise message that's really resonating with that customer. And that's kind of where the personalization obviously comes back in where, you know, it's not just their name and their logo and 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 a little bit about them, but you can really wrap a whole set of contextual value. And this is kind of where we bridge off into the content side of things, because one of the challenges that a lot of companies have, even before they get to the agility thing, just from a pure ABM standpoint, is the content that you're serving up to your customer. It doesn't have to be a you know 50-page tome. Obviously, if it's personalized, it can be snackable, as we say. And there's quite a bit that you can do to create modular content that can be delivered in a snackable forum for the Mm -hmm. right customer for the right message at the right time. That's highly relevant, but, but then therein lies the magic in terms of being able to decide when the right time is what the right message is and how, what medium to deliver that in. It's typically not the expected mediums that most folks are using. Yeah. Speaking of the unexpected, we had this thing called the pandemic over the last 18 (laughs) months. Right. And so Dynamic change to the marketplace uh, around the world. I'm curious, Marlo, from your perspective, what have been the impacts 
from just this seismic change in the market and how that has affected either the strategy or the execution around account-based marketing? Yeah, so as my dogs bark in the background, they they remind me of the old adage about dog ears. So the transformation that the world went through from a purely digital perspective, I likened to dog ears. I mean, we went through like seven years of transformation in one human year. Yeah, because that's right. Everybody had to go from you know working obviously at the office to working at home, and all the networks had to be you know reconfigured. Security issues came up, all that sort of stuff, right? So this. It was a huge, obviously, like you said, unexpected set of inflection points that had so many impacts that caused a lot of folks pause. And and that's completely understandable. And there are other folks that looked at this as an opportunity to say, okay, things are changing. How does that change equate to, you know, new ways of being of doing business? that are new models that I'm going to have to help my customers achieve and not only achieve it, but achieve it extraordinarily quickly, right? Because that's just it. I mean, it changed in a couple of weeks and, and you know, our, our marketing, frankly, you know, had to change that fast as well. And so we saw a lot of things like move from, uh, you know, in-person events to digital, which is sort of part of that whole issue of the digital noise. But then it also kind of got people thinking, okay, so how do I start ABM? And so you've seen a, a huge um, you know, spike in interest from that perspective as well. So we took that as, and, and, and putting COVID next to something didn't help your response rate, by the way. All it did was sort of create clickbait. So there, if you kind of take the next you know, couple issues, um, sets of issues you know, down that rabbit hole, if you will, it starts to get really interesting. So for example... The, um, you know, healthcare industry had a huge set of um, challenges, not only because of the patient overload, but also because as the vaccines came in, there were a lot of um, hackers, threat actors trying to um, steal, disrupt and, and mess around with that vaccine. Right. There were a lot of other issues um, in terms of just infrastructure. And I'll, I'll use a more recent one. So the. Um, all of the gas pipelines are also subject to attack. And when coming back to the Agile piece, when we saw that this started to happen, we started you know, collecting data and we had some really unique value on it. We started looking at where our customers could be most impacted by that type of attack and who was most interested in the specific threat actors that were pulling off those attacks. So I shifted gears to, you know, deep, you know, security geek content pretty quick, Dan, but but it's it's can be extrapolated anywhere. The point is, is that we took something that was changing really quickly, like the security attacks, I'm sorry, the cybersecurity, you know, attacks that were going on against a specific set of, you know, providers, either healthcare or, or in this case, it was, um, you know, uh, gasoline and, and infrastructure, critical infrastructure. And we said, these are, this is something that's changing really rapidly. We're going to give our customers that are most likely to be impacted and who are most interested in this insights that frankly, nobody else can provide. So that's where the ABM component comes mm-hmm. in because you're trying yeah. to look at yet you're using very specific keywords, for example, to understand who is on the lookout for that set of particular topics. And I could keep going for a long time. I could make the whole con, you know, whole broadcast about how, how we do this. But the quick version is we're taking very differentiated 
digital footprints that are unique to each of our customers. We're using some of that intent data and AI and other um, digital signatures, if you will, digital data to understand where the messages are going to be the most relevant to which customers. But then we're taking it down to the next level about what the business context are for those customers and making that relevant. So within back to your original question, the scale and the scope of this whole pandemic, that had a unique impact, frankly, at every single business. And it's a matter of, okay, what is that impact? And where is my value that's differentiated within that new context that just changed overnight? And how do I make that extraordinarily relevant by listening carefully to what's going on and and understanding quickly what those business changes are and then going from there? Yeah, yeah, really interesting. Definitely put to the test the level of understanding of your organization about what those current customer needs are, right? Impacted by changes in the marketplace. So when we think about the tech space and all the innovation that's going on over there, we know, Marlo, that there are a couple different kinds of drivers. There are process drivers, there are technology drivers, and then there are the people drivers. Mm-hmm. So with more and more companies that are recognizing the strategic value of an ABM strategy, can you share a bit more about how each of those kinds of drivers plays into a successful ABM strategy? Sure. So from a technologies driver standpoint, the digital signaling that is coming through is better than ever. And it just continues to, to um, you know, grow by leaps and bounds. And, and you know, there's some technology providers that um, are offering really great insights. Uh, you know, Sixth Sense and Demandbase, for example, are giving us just such detailed signaling about not only individual companies, but people within those companies that it really gives us a way to triangulate much more quickly, quickly than we ever could have even a few years ago, honestly. So um, there's also technologies like some of the, um, the follows uh, app that we use to personalize all of our experiences for our customers. So you take all that data, you feed it into your content engine, basically, and then serve up the right message to the right customer at the right time to, to take care of all that in, in really um, scaled and speedy ways that you wouldn't have been able to do um, without manual intervention before. And it's not all, not all automated, obviously, but it really is a lot more efficient and scalable than it ever was before. I mean, to the point where there are only um, effectively two of us uh, doing ABM at FireEye driving a $100 million program Wow. Um, you know, because the tools are so effective. Now, I'm not forgetting about your process and your people. So process is um, there needs to be a very, very um, strict is probably not the best word, but but um, structured process. You, you can't just sort of do random acts of marketing. Um, there's a lot of creative folks in marketing and they're awesome, but there needs to be enough structure to where you can put those focused ideas into, um, you know, a, a context that's going to work. So processes, there's a great group called ITSMA, IT Services Marketing Association. And if um, you know your listeners do anything besides listen to your other podcasts, it's a really good place to go to learn about the frameworks that there are for ABM and just how to do ABM really well. The people that invented the term ABM, 
you know, did so at ITSMA back in 2007 and have been building. So I'm just giving you an overview. They know the all the details. Um, and we could geek out on the processes as well, but um, I think I'm going to skip to people just to, to keep us rolling. So people, there's a very unique set of skills that ABMers either have or develop going into this whole situation. And um, uh, that's why, you know, I said earlier, you kind of have to take a deep breath and forget everything you thought you knew about marketing and, and not just try to do marketing better and call that ABM because that's not what it is. It's really taking a very different approach um, that is a really um, sort of optimized mix of both uh, inquisitiveness, listening, um, uh, empathy, and the matching of qualitative and quantitative to, you know, bring together exactly, you know, the right set of um, ways to engage a customer. And that can be in the digital world, that can be at events, um, it can be through all sorts of different vehicles and each one takes its own set of skills. But, you know, when you get in front of, for example, you know, C-level executives, you can't just give them your pitch. You have to really have done your homework, number one, going into that situation. Number two, listen really carefully to what their challenges are in real time, right? And then start to understand enough about what those challenges are to, to be able to differentiate against those and help them achieve those, you know, overcome those challenges. And in the security world, obviously, those are huge and, and, and mounting, growing daily. Um, but at the same time, with the right context and the right research, you can be prepared enough to, to pivot to that very quickly. Right. And so as this whole ABM strategy and execution comes together, how important have you seen senior executive support, you know, inside of an organization along the way? Like just how critical does that become? Uh, if, if you don't have CMO and C-level executive support for ABM, um, it's your your life's just going to be hell. I hate to say it, but it's just um, without that, you know, ABM becomes this sort of little um, side project hobby for some. And it's not to say that you shouldn't get started without it because you have to build, you know, obviously uh, focus and momentum. Um, but at the same time, um, if you're really going to build the, the using a structured process like around Etzma and, and other um, you know, processes, as well as the right level of, as you've alluded to, partnership between sales and marketing in a new way, you have to have the alignment of both the head of sales and the head of marketing. So, you know, we don't do, you know, sales QBRs and marketing QBRs. We do sales and marketing QBRs where we are a, a completely aligned around our, our goals how we get there, which accounts we're focusing on, both from an ABM and a non-ABM perspective, and the whole thing. So without that, you're, you end up in this sort of no man's land of, is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it you know a little bit of both? And, and you have to be clearly defined about it, but also gold about it, and then, of course, aligned about it. And so having those joint goals is, is the best way that I can you know, tell people, you know, to align those two groups, sales and marketing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, that collaboration uh, just everywhere along the way of the journey. 
and the transparency around that is really important. And one of the things that you and I have talked a bit about in the past is the criticality of having a comprehensive data strategy. Yep. Any new perspectives you'd share around that piece? Oh, <laughs> so there's a lot of folks that do ABM as a way to drive revenue first. And, you know, understandably, right, we, we've got a we've got a revenue or pipeline problem. You know, how can we solve it? Can ABM do that? Yes. Um, but but, you know, it, it's there's so many more things to that. And I'll give another example. Um, there's often a graphic of an infinity loop, if you will, uh, of a customer journey where you know, the front half of that loop is always focused on in terms of finding new customers, engaging new customers, um, you know, taking them through the awareness, preference, purchase, and all that other stuff, right? And that's all groovy. But the challenge is, is that most marketing folks in general take that first half of that loop and just keep cycling through that. And the nice thing about taking the ABM approach, and this is one of the reasons why ABM is starting to be called ABX or account-based experience, is because a lot more folks are looking at that entire customer journey through the initial challenge that they were trying to solve, that initial problem, all the way through, you know, what services, technology, solutions altogether they acquired in order to not only solve that challenge, but was that challenge really solved? Was that goal really met? Okay, great. If you've done your homework from an ABM perspective, it's not just that one goal. There's, you know, three to five challenges that each of our customers and people within those groups have that we need to be able to pivot to depending on what their priorities are, frankly, that day or that week or that month, which kind of brings us back to the Agile thing. So as we look at the different um, you know, data side of things, looking at a customer from a whole lifecycle perspective and adding in things like the you know, customer success and customer experience are another really critical point of being able to extend that relationship and really build that relationship and that long-term customer retention as we move into a world that, you know, a SaaS world where ARR is the most important thing. Yes, annual recurring revenue is important, but you also have to look at, you know, your, your retention and your relationship with that customer. And if you don't have ways to measure that, then that's something you probably should look at for your ABM program. Yeah, measurement is the lifeblood, right, of that ongoing, sustainable, successful strategy. No doubt about that. And and, and quick, I'm sorry to interrupt. And and, and quick, um, quick data feedback is another piece of that, Dan. Just to to finish that yeah. for you. So it's not just you know build a program and then give it you know a year and see what happens. But the agile component here becomes really important. So we're looking at what happens literally on a day-to-day basis within these focused accounts. And, you know, I, I, I screw up just like other folks here and there. And I just made a small error in one of my, you know, campaigns that I sent out to a particular, you know, large manufacturer, everybody knows the name of. And um, because of that small error, it didn't get the response that it was supposed to get. Okay, great. I figured that out by looking closely at the feedback from that customer within... 48 hours of, of sending those things out that personalized, you know, content, et cetera, that helped me, that feedback loop helped me correct course for a whole bunch of other folks that were getting a derivative version of that. So 
a really um, short feedback cycle, fail fast, right, is a really important yeah. to an ABM perspective. Yeah, and and let's face it. I mean, if we're doing our job, we're we're gonna have those quote failures out there, right? Because if you aren't, then you're really not doing enough. And then the idea of getting that real time uh, learning so you can take corrective action. I love the examples you gave. That forty eight hours or less, it's a continuous learning journey. Yeah. yeah, we actually, yeah, we actually. It's that's another piece of ABM is you have to be, um, you know, resilient enough to take some pretty direct, sometimes constructive feedback, sometimes not so constructive from the salespeople and your customers in order to understand whether or not you're hitting the mark. And, and that's just, a, that's a, that's another, you know, attribute from an ABM perspective that not all marketing people, you know, want to hear that level of scrutiny. Right. Right. But it's also a sign of a healthy, trusted relationship where you're Absolutely. getting the two-way dialogue yeah. it's when it's when you don't get any sort of feedback yeah. that you're yeah. wondering what are they not telling me right that's so right. it's actually healthy that's right the deafening silence right yes absolutely so it's so rewarding to get you know literally emails from c-level executives saying wow this is great info thank you so much it really helped and 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 then you know that's that that happens frequently regularly and then, you know, every so every once in a while, I get, what the hell did you send me this for? Why is it relevant to me, right? And you need yeah. that exactly, that, that trusted relationship where you can get that feedback. Yes. Right. Well, there was recently a really big and an exciting announcement. This is about <laughs> the combination of FireEye with McAfee Enterprise. And sometimes when you blend separate organizations, that can be a real distraction, right? It can... Yes. turn the focus internally from being focused on the customer. And I'm curious, having lived through this, right? You're going through this now. Is account-based marketing a bridge of any kind that helps make that type of integration smoother and more successful in terms of meeting customer needs? Yeah. there's um, So you and I have been through a few uh, acquisition. Yeah, just a few. Just yeah. a few, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, every... Every acquisition merger comes with a certain set of, um, uh, you know, learnings and um, and and need for blending of cultures to create a new one, right? And that's a, that's a great opportunity. And from a marketing perspective, ABM becomes really interesting, and specifically within you know FireEye and McAfee, of course, but but just in general, it's also used as a bridge anytime there are some savvy ABMers that go into that situation because basically what it says is, you know, it's, it would be really easy to get lost in the humongous big picture of how these two, you know, elephants are going to dance, so to speak. Right. Now, if you take and focus in on some really key accounts, a subset of those and decide which ones are you know, relevant for ABM and which ones aren't, it gives you a way to really, just as we talked about joining sales and marketing, sort of join forces to win around a specific set of accounts. And you know, without going into too much detail, I'll just give you an example. So clearly there are a lot of customers with FireEye technologies, there are a lot of customers with McAfee technologies, and there's a lot of customers with both. So <clears throat> when we look at how we start to integrate to do a better together 
that's kind of a yes, of course, we expected that. And, and hopefully everybody that's sort of worth their salt would be able to do that. But when you take that to the next level and say, here are the threats that matter most to me as an organization, and here are the specific technologies that I have as a stakeholder in both of your teams, and here are the other business initiatives that I have to solve for, whether it's a healthcare one or a financial services one, et cetera, you can triangulate around those things in new ways, taking an ABM approach that you would otherwise probably miss because you're so caught up in the, well, you know, how do I sell in the next widget to really kind of flipping that whole situation and going, here's the unique challenges that this customer is facing. Here are the ways that both FireEye and McAfee can bring value to that customer that probably weren't possible before because of, you know, kind of the silos that we were living in. And now let's figure out what that looks like from a, you know, one plus one equals three perspective for that individual customer, as opposed to for, you know, a million customers. Yes, it's going to be, you know, sort of generally true for a bunch of folks, but when you can parse it down to a much smaller set, you know, a handful or a few and really kind of work through those, it also becomes a microcosm for what your sales and marketing teams can do to win with a broader set of accounts. And so that's been really fun to kind of dive into that and start to share that, um, you know, with the the uh, partners on the other side of the the uh, the aisle, if you will, and, and really bring that together in new ways. Great example. And just points to a real positive future of how that combination uh, can work and, and maintain the right external focus. So speaking of the future, I know you're a guy that always has an eye on the future. When you think about the future of account-based marketing, Marlo, what makes you optimistic? You know, to me, it's so, number one, it's fun, at least if you're in the right frame of mind. Number two, there's so much, with everything being connected and so many new sources of mapping the inputs from the digital and you know the the regular world if you want to call it that becomes really exciting because as we've you know kind of talked about mapping the quantitative and the qualitative together is a really you know unique art science whatever you want to call that and the 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 digital footprint side of things just keeps getting better and better and better and and that's great but also the ways that you can start to determine, you know, what's of most interest quantitatively, it's easy, but, but qualitatively, um, because you're able to engage in new ways, that's really, really helping us, you know, just get that much more precise from an ABM perspective. AI, of course, is a huge thing, and that's going to change the ABM world um, pretty quickly, but also just the overall um, expectation that there is an a continuity of experience, if you will, that will deliver a much, you know, just better journey for for everyone who's a, a customer. So what I mean by that is, you know, it used to be a campaign from a non-AB perspective was, you know, these set of data sheets or these set of ads or, you know, these set of events or whatever. All of those now, because of the different tools that we can integrate and the different you know ways that we can look at this much more holistically, are starting to integrate in ways that are way better for 
both us as marketers and the customers. And those that becomes really fun. So now, you know, a topic that is most relevant to a customer can be pervasive throughout an entire journey from identifying what that challenge is to how we solve that that customer's challenge with either our tech or somebody else's or our services or somebody else's services to how that gets deployed successfully and how quickly the realization of value within that solution and then you know what the next steps are for those customers all that is getting so much better than it was before um, at Cisco you know eight years ago I had six different analysts that were you know mashing up data from all over the place to try to you know synthesize a, a view of what a customer's um, you know challenges and, and footprints might be. I, I have tools today that will get me most of that data um, in real time in a heartbeat. Wow. Just the, the rate of change. Yes. Just, it's hard to comprehend sometimes, but it's exciting. Uh, and it definitely drives that optimism that it just keeps getting better and better and better. So Marlo, thanks again for coming back and sharing your learning and perspectives on just the transformational impact that account-based marketing is having for marketing and sales teams across the world. Super fun to be here, Dan, and we're uh, we're just getting started. Looking forward to uh, yet another session with you soon. And a reminder to everyone to please continue to give us the gift of feedback. If you like this podcast, you can go out and rate and review on all the popular platforms, including Apple and Spotify. And as always, a reminder to make sure to visit marketimpactnow.com for the latest in business leadership perspectives. So long until next time.